Everybody's breaking Beyonce want to bring back house music when nobody can even afford a house right now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want to hear none of this house music. What is going on? I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready for the. So you didn't like you didn't like B King's version either. I'm a B King stan, so okay. you know that's a loaded question. Okay, so you like B King? I like any B King can make a diss song about me, and I'll be like, yeah, fuck that nigga Avery, fuck that nigga Avery. I jammed to that shit, but I heard a piece of it, and I told you I'm gonna listen to it more. So plus, I like I. She's been on our podcast. I can't pronounce her name to save my life. Talamisha. Talamisha. I'll be like Tamalisha. This the disrespect. Talamisha. 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 Nah, nah, nah. I mean, so did you like the Drake? No. Oh, okay. Okay. You didn't like the Drake. I mean, you know, you know, I I I didn't mind it. Uh look, man, Drake make uh like when I text you, I said Drake makes uh Gap old Davy music, you know, yeah. it'd be playing in the background, it's cool. Uh, you know what's funny though? At the end of that sex message, you said Drake's summer ends when Beyonce's begins, but she just made the same shit. And it's funny to see how people like that was like, fuck Drake, and then Beyonce came out and niggas was like, I'm I'm gonna have to revisit this house music thing. I ain't like yeah. that shit either. Yeah, I don't need to revisit nothing. I uh yeah I think I think he only had a finite amount of time. I feel you know it, look if you're Drake if you're Beyonce I, honestly not if you're Beyonce it, it, Drake and Beyonce are battling for the top spot in terms of sales in terms of being a major you know there are only a few major artists out there your Drake your Beyonces your your Doja Cats like they eat up each other's. Thing, so they tend to stay away from the same releases. So I would imagine Drake was like, yo, let's go ahead and drop this and get this out the way. Because once Beyonce, Beyonce comes, Beyonce's gonna come. Beyonce's selling merchandise that nobody knows what it is. Four different variations of it, all for $39. They don't know what they buying and they still buying it. That is powerful. That, that That's a marketing powerhouse. Wow. I do it, I, I and I, I was telling somebody, I can't think, I, her counterpart, her husband, Jay-Z, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. I would never, <laughs> like, if Jay-Z said, yo, I got four different things that I'm about to put out and uh, they coming, but you don't know what they are and I need $40 oh, no. from you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I know how to market to you. If I was Jay-Z for Go you. Ahead. You already know I got four different exclusive vinyls coming out now. Now, but see, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. That's an exclusive vinyl. <laughs> then I know what I'm getting. Ah, and, and that's true. Say, Yo, you're definitely getting the vinyl. They know they get. They know they're getting some type of clothing, right? They do know they're getting clothes. Boom. They do and know the that they're getting clothes. They don't know what's on the clothes. They I don't know, I what, know what's on the. You vinyl. don't know what's on these vinyls. I don't know what's on the vinyl. Right? You're right. You're right. All right. Yeah. You got it. it could you be twenty-two it. twos. You got or it. it could, or it could be all the entirety of the Blueprint three. And look, so, I'm not even knocking it. I have no doubt that whatever Beyonce puts out, that her fans will be more than satisfied, and the people that don't or did not get the opportunity to get whatever she's selling will be on eBay trying to get resales and everything. So it's like it's not like she doesn't put out good product. You know, she she gonna do it. So yeah. I'm just happy to see what's going on with, you know, black music leading the charge regardless of the future. But one thing about these beautiful black people is they're not black and ugly as ever ever I stay used to down to my socks. Oh no oh no. It's them again, it's the boys from in my humble opinion. It's me, it's me, it's Avery. Avery, like a very nice guy. You can find me at the, that's A, no wait, that's T-H-E-E underscore A-V-E-R-I, I believe so, uh, on Instagram <laughs> and on Twitter and what else and all that other stuff. Then we have my brother, my co-host, best writer in the city. Okay. Just divine, okay. ladies and gentlemen. That's a bold statement, but okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not claiming it, but it's a bold statement. You know, I claim it for you. Where can I find you at? 
uh at just devon on social media and then uh i think it's dr Douglas everywhere else either way you can find us both on my home below um pretty much everything and then you know our our stuff is in there sometimes names change whatever we're there you'll see us we're there at my home below that doesn't change and also uh you could look at us on youtube we're on all uh digital service providers digital service platforms, whatever you want to call those things. And, you know, what we do here at In My Humble Opinion Podcast is we like to speak to the artists, up and coming, established, whatever, the people that have to do and show a lot of love to the age. And our next guest, you know, our next guest, uh, actually, Devon told me about him. I wasn't I wasn't familiar at first, but now I'm a fan because he takes being in a box and tears it out the frame. His music it's made for niggas that get bitches. I mean, that's a quote from me. Uh, <laughs> he won't let no setback ever stop him because he learns and he adapts. From being featured on No Jumper to dropping his most recent song, streaming in your phone right now. Artist, songwriter, director, and a person, honestly, he has all his business together from the website to his videos are the best videos I've ever seen. Rocky Banks, ladies and gentlemen, Rocky Banks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How y'all doing, man? How's it going? How's it going? Oh, man. Great, man. Blessed. Blessed to be here. Blessed to be alive, breathing, able to put some of that motivation in the world, man. Hey, man, I got to be honest with you. I, I listen to your stuff. I genuinely forgot where we met. Like, I don't know where we met but I started following your stuff and my brother's right. Like once you see the quality of the videos, like after that, you're like, oh, okay, let me go. Let me go look at some more of that. First of all, I mean, we'll we'll start off there. We're going to go back and we're going to talk about what got you into it. But you spend a lot of time focused on videos. I would imagine that there are we're not talking about audio look i'm imagining there are kendrick lamar comparisons yeah because of the level of quality of work that he puts in videos and this is not a oh let me make a typical video where i'm standing your 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 body gets dismorphed there are things right. that you're highlighted <laughs> focus you're not afraid to play with the camera uh right. who's shooting your videos and what was y'all's uh what were your thoughts going into it when you're like, okay, let me craft myself out visually? Um, well, first I want to say shout out to my boy Trent Owens, uh, founder and CEO of Pseudonym, uh, Pseudonym Films, man. He out in Austin, Texas. So, man, I linked up with him when I uh, dropped Trust in Banco. Uh, that was about 2016. So we've been locked in ever since then. But man, just going in, I kind of take the same approach that to the vi- to the videos that I take, like writing a track. I first of all, I listen to the beat, and I just want to say, what is it? What is this beat saying to me? Like, it's like it's talking to me. What what should I say back? It's like I'm having a conversation with the music. Then it's like, how do I translate this into something visually? Man, what what does this make me feel like? What do I think about? What soundtrack could I attach this to? So I pretty much grab inspiration from a lot of films that I'm a fan of, man. I really love to watch horror, horror films, uh, a lot of uh, psycho thrillers, you know? So I really like to just dig deep into my mind and just give like a visual representation of everything that I'm saying in the record. And uh, just really just kind of like stretch, stretch the stretch the visuals and the words as far as I can, you know, until, you know, the art, the, I guess the consumer or the the watcher or the viewer is looking at it and like, damn, I guess I never even really caught that in the song. You know what I'm saying? Once they see it in the video, it's like, damn, is that what he was talking about the whole time in this record? Because I like to, I like to give introspective vibes. Like it's it's gonna be good music. It's gonna be it's gonna have the same frequencies that you hear in the club and or on the underground scene, but or the mainstream scene. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't really like to stay into like one lane. So. I think that the process is just really just trying to, how can I 100% visually show what I was trying to convey in this record? Okay. What's your favorite film, Rocky? What's your favorite film? My favorite film, like right now, 
Any genre or like any genre. Any genre. No country for old men. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I really love that movie, man. That's a dope movie. You know what? Let, really? let, let, no, let's flush, let's flush it out too. Name name like your top five films. The films uh, you can go to. If you can't get the five, it's cool. But just name the films that you like, so people yeah. know the visual aspects that you got to look for. Well, I gotta say, if I were to, to group it into like one, I'd say like any Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Any Quentin any Quentin Tarantino film, I, I really like. I love the way he shoots. So I would say, I would just say, let's go Pulp Fiction. Let's throw that in there. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Toy Story. Just because that was the first of its kind. And that's really like nostalgic for me. That was the first film I saw as a child. Uh, uh, man. It gets hard when you it gets hard when you get, get down hard, to the last two. When you get the three, yeah, yeah you get the three. Yeah, get think about some horror though. You say you like horror. Horror, definitely. Uh, hereditary. Okay. Hereditary. Yeah. Hereditary. So yeah. you're deep in this horror thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much so. Okay. Very much I was so. noticing that really good directors when it comes to yeah. to uh, horror movies because they have to make a. Sometimes that budget low, and you got to make uh, a lot out of a little bit. Because right. even looking at the uh, nightmare, was it Friday? The, no, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, yeah. and how yeah. Johnny Depp died, and you're like, well, that was spaghetti the whole time. Right. Yeah. Hey man, yeah. and that's and that's man. I'm trying to tell you, like, that's exactly the same approach that I take to making the videos, dog. Like, we got a low budget. We got to make this look as big as possible. Man, and that's man. what I was noticing, because there's a lot of O's, like uh, uh, one of your videos. I mean, I really like the Mojo video. Yeah. And there are alludes to hey, Tarantino, like when you've got the the cop is a pig and, and, and you torturing the pig. Yeah. Uh, but then yeah. there are also just O's to like like the old, uh, at one point, it looked like the old Snoop Dogg. Remember when Snoop came through and crushed the buildings? Like, you, yeah. you said it, yeah. Black and white Hitchcock, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Yeah. So no, 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 that's, that is, that's huge in and of itself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll pause it real quick and get you set up. Sorry about that. Let's wait. All right, and now my computer's back. I got a trash computer. All right, so we're talking about, but uh, what part of, you're from Houston. Yeah, I'm from Houston, southwest side of Houston, Texas, huh? Okay, so talk about, uh, like, at what age were you thinking, uh, I want to go into music or I want to go into entertainment? Uh, Man, I want to say, Probably when I was in the 10th grade, you know, I was about, you know, six, 16, 15, 16. Just really like not really too much focused on anything. You know what I mean? Kind of knucklehead is out here. And uh, I did a poem in English class. And I guess the way I was, I guess the way I was, you know, reciting it, I had some, I was doing it in a cadence that sounded like it was a song. It was, it was turning into a song. And I would always write like little notes and just kind of like journal my thoughts, you know what I'm saying? And use that as like therapy. So I would write things down. And then I guess I went to class one day and they said, speak, speak something that's really true to you, something emotional that, or speak about a time where you really felt like as though you feared something. And I spoke about the time that, you know, my father had got incarcerated. You know what I mean? And I actually, I, you know, I saw it happen in, in front of me. You know what I mean? I actually saw him get locked up and, you know, hiding from the police and all that stuff. So I actually recited that poem in front of everybody. And it was like, yo, do you rap? Do you rap, bro? And I'm like, nah, dog. Like, I, I freestyle just like every other dude from Houston, you know what I mean? But I really ain't into it. You never really believe in, you know, putting your mind to something and all that stuff. And I was like, man. Let me go record something. So like the next day or a few days after that, hit up my dude. I was like, yo, let me come record something. So I went and recorded that. 
And I think it was over a moment for life, moment for life by uh, Nikki. Yeah. And I just, you know, poured my heart out on that joint, put it out. It's probably on Facebook somewhere. You know what I mean? But that was like over probably like 10, 12 years ago, man. So Uh I don't know where it is, but (laughs) I would say that's when when it first started right there, 10th grade. And you talk about the 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 fear. I mean, let's let's go back to that initial statement. Like coming up, I mean, talk about that story about your father being incarcerated and and you actually seeing it. Yeah. And the effect uh, that it was kind of funny because he had actually been locked up for twelve years prior to that. You know, so I, I never really I've only known my father two years in the free world. I mean, so I'm like. And I'm 28 now, you know what I mean? So when I saw that, it was like, damn, I, I kind of felt like I was I was being robbed of like my mentor. I was being robbed of like my father again. You know what I'm saying? So that was really like a, I guess a fearful moment for me. Cause that was like the first time I actually saw fear in my father's eyes. Like, you know, I, I never really thought I would see him like that. So it was a real, you know, tough moment for me and really like processing those emotions, especially at that age, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know if you want to feel angry, sad, you know what I mean? Maybe did he do what he what they saying he did? Da, 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 da. You know, you start to question a lot of things about yourself. And, you know, that's really the most fearful thing. I just wanted to grow up with that. I didn't want to be another statistic, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to grow up with my father in my life to you know, teach me lessons that, you know, I probably would have got earlier rather than later, you know, trying to learn it for myself. Absolutely, absolutely. How old were you when that happened? Uh, 14. Okay, so you're 14. And then a few years later, I mean, doing that rap uh, in class, or at that point, you weren't even thinking necessarily of a rap. You're like, this is just a poem I'm doing for class. Right. Were you surprised at the response that people have for it? Like, oh, y'all like this? Yeah, I actually was because it was like, I wasn't really the type to really just be open like that, you know? So it was just a moment where I felt like I needed to say that Mm -hmm. and to get the response from bearing my emotions like that. I was like, man, that was a good feeling. I guess it was like a comforting place for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I could really... I could really say this shit right now, like on this in front of people and nobody judge me for it or say nothing back to me. You know what I mean? I could just speak and everybody's going to hear me. That's good though. Cause nowadays, yeah. I'm not even nowadays, sometimes people rap and it's not positive for them. So I'm, right, I'm right, really right. happy that you were able to get positive feedback though. But after yeah. you recorded over the moment for life beat, when did you go back to the studio and really get into it? Man. I'm obsessive, bro. Like, like once I get into something, I'm into it. So I was going back every weekend, you know, doing what I had to do to get some money to record. And I was just going, sharpening my pen, sharpening my pen. And it's actually funny. I don't know where y'all gonna go later on, but one of the people that I get compared to that at that exact moment when I started finding my voice, that's when I got put on to one of the people that I get compared to all the time. Uh-huh. And then it was like, oh, you sound like such and such. I'm like, damn, really? <laughs> Let me check them out then. And I was like, okay, I guess yeah. I could see it. It's kind of, I could see the parallel, but uh, it's not the same. It's, we, but it's, you know, I can, I can hear it though. I definitely understand. And I feel like like-minded people are gonna do the like-minded things, you know what I mean? So you're talking about what, this is about the year of what, like 2012, 2013 or so? Yeah, right when, right when, no, nah, not actually. Yeah, 2011, 2012. Okay, right when it's coming up. 2012. Yeah. 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 But for the listeners, clarify who, who you're talking about. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, of yeah. course, Kendrick and, and, Lamar. And that's it. That's a like I said, you you stylistically y'all have a lot of there there are comparisons under there, but you're doing stuff as he's doing stuff. Right. And you know, I mean, like where if you go back to like 2011, things like that, he's still bubbling up. 
Uh, That's one of those things too. How do you deal with, I remember there were articles of, uh, Tyler, the creator talks about this all the time. He's gotten a lot better about it now, but he was like, dog, we were young and everybody kept saying, oh, y'all the new Wu-Tang. And he was like, oh, we were like, okay, cool. And then we heard it again. And then we heard it again. And then like on your 18th interview, you're like, dog, F Wu-Tang, dog, we're us. (laughs) You know what I mean? And he goes, when we said that, people took it like away, like, dog, we hate Wu-Tang. It's like, first of all, we didn't know who they was. Then we started listening and we was like, oh, they're cold. However, we are us and they are them. Y'all just saw like nine people together rapping and y'all was like, that's them. (laughs) <laughs> right. So, you know, what, what is it compare. like dealing with those comparisons, especially when people would be like, oh, you know, like there's and you do these very, very well put together videos. What's it like dealing with comparisons like that? Uh, yeah, um, you know, eventually, especially being in it as long as I have and as long as they had at that point, you know it does begin to become a little frustrating because you want people to identify you as you, you know what I mean? But it's easy, I guess it's easy and it's more safe to give somebody that, okay, if you like this type of stuff, then he's like that, you know? But at the same time, you know, I don't really mind it anymore, you know what I'm saying? Eventually you just say, eh, hey, it'll, that's what's gonna happen, you know what I'm saying? I've been guilty of it myself, like, Yo, you sound like such and such, but I'm not, I wouldn't keep doing it just because I'm an artist myself, but I do understand that, you know, people are in, they go, okay, damn, okay, he does this though a little bit better than Kendrick, you know what I'm saying? Or, oh, he actually doesn't sound like Kendrick. The more I listen to him, I actually gotten that a lot, especially now that we're starting to like, really like grow our fan base and really touch a lot more people. You know, they're saying, damn, like, bro, you like, a hybrid of a lot, a, a lot more other, yeah. uh, like a lot of other artists as well, bro. So I think it's just easy to go there. So I don't really mind it. I actually take it as a compliment now because if that's what I sound like as someone who's fairly unknown or relatively unknown, then hey, I'm on the right track. You really are on the I, right track. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. I feel like the greatest. Uh, that's that our generation has seen. Oh yeah, and I mean, yeah. he, he's 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 top yeah, right yeah. now. I don't I don't think yeah. there's anybody that comes close. Necessary, to bro. He's necessary yeah, for the yeah. game, bro. And you know, things change. I, I I remember like you know, well, I'm older, so when we were coming up, people said Shine sounded like Biggie, and it was like if you had a longer listening ear, I was like, dog, Shine sounds more like. Uh, bro. Yeah, Shine had more of a like a hybrid of like Slick Rick and Big Daddy Kane than yeah. Uh, to me at all, I was like, y'all just heard a deep voice, and I was yeah. like, but I think he's listening to people that Biggie also listened to. So you're thinking, oh, he sounded like Biggie, and it's like a lot of people nah. say Biggie sounded like Big L. Uh, it, it that that's another sure. thing too, and that's another yeah. thing because it's like if Big L hadn't passed away you know what i'm saying like if he wasn't taken from us that would be a different thing because that's a huge thing right there so there are artists that people will say like oh they sound like but i'm like oh if you listen to it more then you're like feel like the the best shit comes from being honest man like when you honest and and you really saying exactly how you feel it doesn't really matter really how anybody really receives it at that point because it's out there but how did you feel, forget about these things, but it felt better to release them than harbor, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And then I also felt like it was, like me kind of like doing God's work, bro. Like when mm-hmm. I'm speaking about these things, I'm also like minister and I'm giving my testimony to people. It was like church for me, for me. Like I just felt like it was really, really therapeutic, bro. Like it was real therapeutic for me. Have you always been so positive when it comes to your disposition? Yes. My name, I was here. I had a, I had a calling, bro. You know what I mean? I just had some, some time finding my purpose, which is why I named my company Found Purpose Entertainment. Hmm. And that, you know, that I'm glad you were talking about the name. because So you said your name is what now? 
Rakeem Ishmael Muhammad Williams. You know Cause I was saying? wondering where Rocky Banks came yeah. from. Oh yeah. Well, I, Rocky Rock Rock has always been my nickname coming up. Everybody called me Rock Rocky uh, Keem. You know what I'm saying? But as far as me seeing all these, you know, the names, me picking my name Rocky, kind of got that from. I used to fight a lot. You know, <laughs> I used to fight a lot and uh. I was like, man, my name actually used to be Tyrant. I wanted to change it, add some flair to myself. Mm -hmm. like, uh, Rocky sounds cool. That's me. I want to go by my original name, but I want to give them something else. And Banks just that album cover where it's uh, somebody graduating, but the person graduating is all stone. Like, yeah. And the face is not. There's not a face. There's not a record. It's literally just right behind that. That was actually. Uh, my graduation picture. That was my kindergarten graduation picture. Huh. And I uh, I stoned out the faces representation of person that you're seeing today. The one that's still growing. The one that's really trying to find that that leveled head, bro. Because I'm not gonna lie to you, I was really wild and erratic, bro. Unstable, mentally unstable really just not able to process emotions the right way. Talk about that uh, that that part of your life though when you were just out here wilding. Man. <laughs> Yo, it bad, bro. Like it was really just you know cycle being re repeated, you know. You don't have a father in your home, you don't have any representation of a man. Or what a man's supposed to be. A man's supposed to be in control of his emotions. I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't uh, able to be taught anything. I didn't. I thought I knew everything. You know, I I wasn't able to be a real leader. I just was bossing people around. Mm. I was at one point in time the bully turned the bully turned into the bullier. You know what I mean? Like. Mm. Just a whole bunch of just crazy shit that was going on. You know what I mean? Or the guy who just at the drop of a hat, just ready to set it off. You know what I mean? Just the yeah. it's just too I, much. I, no, I get me, that. But yeah, but like I was doing some shit that I didn't have no fucking business doing. You know what I mean? Like at all. At and all. Kinda, I was going to say, you see that in the progression and uh, uh, talking about your albums, like even looking yeah. at the. The covers of the and, and and listening to the music, the first three is the, the stone face, the the wings that are almost somber. Where you're talking about, uh, uh, then you've got the black sheep, where it's yeah. you know, and then there's a shift where you go to Mojo and it, it it's colorful. Uh, yeah. the, the, the tempos pick all this stuff. What happens between that third? Uh, lose my freedom. Thought I was gonna repeat a cycle. I had a child on the way and uh, it really had me like, I gotta do something to pull myself out of this dark place. And I literally, like once I found out that I was having a boy and I was having a son and I knew that he was gonna be, it was gonna, get, it was gonna give me opportunity to change my entire family's like cycle. That's when I started to find joy and I started to find color in a dark place. You know what I mean? And I literally got my mojo back. I, first, I started off actually making a record about him. Okay. Okay. And I and I literally uh started to find color in that. My my child being born, I literally started to get my mojo back. So it started with me making a record about him. And then I started to really just started just really just get gaining like that confidence. Like I started to really remember who I was, you know what I'm saying? And what my purpose was to be here. Like, like, dude, you got so much wisdom. You got so much purpose. You got so much talent. You, you look out for so many people. You're responsible for so many things, bro. Like, what are you doing? Why are you so down about yourself? You made a mistake and it's really all into God's hands right now, you know? And even if you're not there 
physically, momentarily you can be you could be there mentally. You know what I mean? So I I just tightened up, bro. I made a choice. That's what the shift was. I think it was just making a choice to not give in and, and give up. Mm. You know, I, I showed perseverance and and really show what, what the yellow heart really about. You know what I'm saying? I was speaking it, but I wasn't living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Going back to when you had first started that uh, home and my brother was talking about uh, what got you going to the studio, what made you decide that this is going to be the path for you as a career? Man, it gave it gave me peace, so much peace, and it just felt so right. You know what I mean? I, I just, being obedient to God, letting him use me as a vessel. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody has a place in this earth and where they can shine the most. You know what I mean? Everybody. And I feel like in this area, in this platform, this is when I can do my best work. Mm. So that's that's what really made me make the decision. That's what gave me the feeling that this is what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? What your, uh, what your friends and family say? Um, my man, my friends, my friends and family support me, man. They, they, they behind me. They believe in, they believe in me. You know what I'm saying? I, I really feel like the mojo really is really infectious like that. Yeah. Like, especially after, you know, my family got to see me throw my first headliner. They got to see people actually, oh, this shit really is working. You know what I'm saying? So that was cool. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it really gave me some, okay, relax now. Now you know you're doing the right thing. Because you know you always be antsy and shit and anxious like, damn, am I really, is this the right direction? But am I seeing any fucking steps forward like in this shit? But like, that was one of the highlights right there for them to see like the fruits of my labor and really see that it's, it's reaching people in a way that I never really thought it would. You know what I'm saying? Like, from writing the point till now, like, some of the stuff that people tell me, like, they DM me and they email me, shit. It's them that, like, I got a responsibility, like, literally to those people. Because it's like, they really are, looking at me as somebody who is a representation of them. Hmm. Now, I don't have that savior's complex. I can't save everybody. And that's why Kendrick's album, it, it really, that album was so necessary. It was probably like one of the most necessary albums since 444. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of which, this is, this is off subject, because you just mentioned it. You're a Jay-Z fan, obviously. Where do you rank 444? Out of all the Jay Z product, I mean projects, it definitely wasn't in. It wasn't better than the Blueprint. It wasn't better than the Black Album, but it 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 holds. It wasn't better than. It really wasn't better than Reasonable Doubt, but mm. I feel like it, it comes a time in an artist like lifetime when they put out a piece of work well you kind of gotta like you can't even really rank that amongst this other work because it's like it just stood out so much Mm -hmm. like that's what made Kendrick so special to me I want to speak about that because at each time in his life and in each point in his career he made a body of work that literally when it came out it completely was in a category by itself it stood alone by itself. And that that's inspirational to me as an artist because I always wanted to make sure that I was never quote unquote typecasted as an artist. I, I don't wanna be the artist that you expect this from because that's not how I live my life. Yeah, I want my music to mirror exactly how I live my life, how I think. You know what I mean? So that's that's what I think. I think four, four, four. You got to put that somewhere by itself because th- this is like 
It's not music. This is necessary. This is a lesson for you. I'm, I'm, I, this is not a, uh, it's not an album. I'm not making this. This is not the album for me to show that I can rap. It's not the album for, you know, for the turn up. This is literally for my people. Listen to me. I'm trying to tell you something because I know you're coming to listen. I got you right where I want you. Now here. And that's exactly what I think Kendrick did with this album. It's a lot of stuff on that I feel lost. He touched on that was so necessary, you know, for, for black men. Especially yeah. Father black Time. Men. My goodness, Father Time was the one to me. Boy, but Mother I Sober. Oof. Yo, yeah. And that shit. Yo, I, I have I haven't listened to any albums that really like bring emotion out of me. You know what I mean? Like I, I listen to music for I want to know where you were emotionally mm -hmm. when you wrote this record because if anybody can write some shit, you know, and it rhyme and it sound cool, but are you do you are you really convicted to what you're saying? Like, where's the conviction in the, in these words? And that that album was solid in that way, man. It was like, goddamn, he touched on everything. Yeah, he really touched did. on everything. He gave us. He gave us therapy. He gave us his therapy session. Exactly, yeah. and it's just like with your music, because right. I mean, you you started like you know you say you were you were starting, um, kind of with your name didn't have the name tyrant, but <laughs> but you you were basically a tyrant, and then you know you 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 changed up, and it, it's like uh, what is it? In other news, I don't do drugs anymore. Tell us about that. <laughs> What, what 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 was what was going oh, into that album? I I really want to know. Literally, I had a I had a bad experience with with pills, man. I I was I was popping pills a lot. You know what I mean? That was my drug of choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I was popping Vicodin, a lot of painkillers. First of all, that was the first pill I ever popped. It was Vicodin. I was still Vicodin for my mom. Cause she used to go, you know, she had a lot of dental work going mm -hmm. on. So I was still her Viking and shit and I would take those. But then I graduated to like Xanax and shit. And everybody knows the side effects to, to Xanax, man. God. I was very irritable, bro. Like super irritable to the point where like I really like was so dependent on these things. Like I needed to pop a pill to function. Like I felt like I need these hoes. Like I need them. And I was snapping on my mom, disrespecting my mom, like really losing myself. You know what I mean? Like I, it was a situation that kind of breaks my heart to talk about. I disrespected my grandmother, yo. <laughs> Mm. I disrespected my grandmother so bad, dog. And I said, these drugs got me tripping, bro. These drugs got me tripping. But not only did that happen, I actually also slightly like had an episode where, you know, I damn the OD, you know what I mean? Like, like flatlined up out of here because my lungs started to shut down. Cause I was really in this motherfucker. I'm, I'm, as, I'm, I'm asthmatic and shit. Mm. So I'm popping pills up and down. It started with the Zans. Then I started to take some tabs, hitting dabs and shit. Hit the dab for the first time. That shit hit me so hard. All that shit being stirred up in me. I, I just started to like, really like panic and like hyperventilating shit. My lungs started to shut down because I couldn't breathe, so I started having an asthma attack in the middle of the panic attack. Oof. You know what I'm saying? So then the pills, the mixture of the uppers and downers, that's what really got me kind of like fucked up. That's what started the, the anxiety attack because I started feeling my body like tripping. Like, I'm like, yo, I, I kind of feel like I'm about to like faint getting motion sickness and shit. And then when I got to the crib, all I know is I was having an asthma attack, went into the bathroom and I blanked out. Woke up in the hospital off 290. And when I woke up, they told me that on a scale from one to 10, 
one being dead, 10 being completely healthy, I was at a two. If I wouldn't have got there, my lungs would have completely shut down and, and my lungs would have collapsed. Mm. So, yeah, it was, it was terrible, yo. It was terrible. I was really out there tripping, you know what I mean? I was really tripping, you know what I'm saying? Really kind of like self-sabotaging. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Self-sabotaging, just wilding. I mean, not, your, living, not living in my purpose. Once you're at that point, I mean, and, and, and you say, you know, at that point, you're like, you, you wake up at the hospital and you're like, all right, that's it, I'm done. Uh, you know, sobriety is, is a process. So oh, yeah. yeah, talk about going through that process and getting it through it because it, it's, uh, I, you know, I think what a lot of people don't realize is, like you said, you, you had to take pills to feel right at a certain right. point. And people don't recognize how quickly you shift into that. Like one day you're taking pills or you're doing whatever drug just because the yeah. way it makes you feel. And the next day you're doing it to feel normal. And it's a battle to get back to just feeling normal without any kind of chemical. So talk about that road to sobriety. First of all, you start to, you start to really look at yourself like, well, I don't know, I'm not gonna say everybody, but for me, it really showed me how weak I could be, mm. you know what I'm saying? And I don't like feeling weak. Mm, mm. You know, I hate, I hate that. Elaborate on that. Just like, helpless. Mm. Like, I'm too much of a fighter to, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm a predator, not prey. You know what I mean? Okay. So I was really hunting myself down so it made me feel like what the what the fuck am i doing you know what i'm saying like i was really like psychologically it fucked me up because i was like what the fuck was i thinking about so for me it was it was really rough because i didn't like the way my body felt i was always athletic man you fucking you got these terrible fucking pains in your stomach your stomach and knots you fucking shitting because your body detoxing you always on the toilet you throwing up I hate throwing up, fucking hate that shit, dry heaving. Uh, like I said, you irritable, your mind is really altered now. Like things that shouldn't piss you off, they pissing you off because you feel like you can't have your, your quote unquote fixture to make you feel normal. So you don't feel normal, you feel uncomfortable, you feel out of place. So it's just all the way, like, it was really rough for me there. I went to therapy. I went, I was in a, uh, I was in an outpatient, uh, like, program, like, rehab program, too. Uh, shit. It was, it was like that for me, but the music, like I said, like, just being able to speak about that through music and mm -hmm. focus on music and take my mind off of that, music has always been my escape. I can always forget about anything I'm going through when I'm when I'm doing music, like anything, anything. Now I'm assuming that after rehab, that's where yeah. we get the mojo. Oh uh, no, nah, shit, that was shit. I ain't gonna say I relapsed. Uh, I relapsed. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I relapsed, but yeah. that... that's when I disrespected my grandmother. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Were that's you able? Were you able to mend that back? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for okay. sure, for sure. So, I mean, back to like, you are able to feel things and express yourself through the music. Uh, like we said, there's that shift where you get the Mojo tapes, Mojo uh, tape one, Mojo tape two. What's the tone of the music now that you're like, I like that you were saying, I don't like to be typecast or put in a box. There are a few artists that, you know, there are a lot of artists that do it. Artists that do it yeah. successfully. I think about like, you know, Outkast, uh, Kanye, you know, love him or hate him, Kanye just, you don't necessarily know what you're gonna get when the album drops. Mm -hmm. right. Like you have no clue. People could say Drake, but you know, even if it's like, you know what you're gonna get when Drake drops, you know it. <laughs> 
Even I even was, though people were surprised hey, man, by this last one. I want to talk about that album so bad, bro, <laughs> but I was I'm gonna let it I'm gonna let it die for now. Even <laughs> though people were surprised by that last yeah. one. At Drake likes to do world tours in different genres of music. That's what right. he do. Like, yeah. I, like no, it, it wasn't. I was like, oh, this is what, all I did when I pressed play was I was like, oh, this is what he's doing now. Right. right. Cool. Right. Cool. Cool. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and even to take it, I mean, we can talk about the Drake out for a little bit. I will say this: uh, the the best thing I thought about Drake dropping the album is that K Tran started trending. It's like, yo, like. This is a guy that does this music and he's exposing people to this music, yeah. better or worse. Right. But right. there are people out there that are now like, oh, dog. You know, like when you hear people like, dog, such and such should have done this, or such yeah. and such should have done this. Or if you want to hear Real House, listen to this. Or if you want to do this, listen to this. Or people like, yo, you know, House is Black. Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks. Yeah, she weird. It's what it's like you said, love or hate. Extremely weird. She's talented. And oh, she's very talented, and very she talented. owns that type of music. Like it's like if right. you want to hear somebody rap over those types of beats, mm-hmm. that's a go-to person right there. Right. Like that's a go-to person, and she's been doing it for her whole career. Yeah, you know what I mean. If anything, Azalea Banks is one of those people that it's like, dog, if you would, the uh, Azalea Banks. Either you really, really like her, or yeah. you really, really, or you hate really her. hate her. I don't know if there's anybody in between. And it's the I've never met stuff. a person. I've never yeah. seen a person that needs a publicist so bad. Like my oh, God, hey, hey. Even, even if she had it, I don't think she got one. I know she yeah, got. Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah, listen, yeah, she owes, I think she had one at one time, yeah. and then like, just completely disregarded what she said. And, just, <laughs> and there is something to be said about people that I know. People are like, "Dog, I wish Azalea Banks would do this so she could get this." But the whole point is, Azalea Banks really might be sitting there like, "I got what I want." Mm-hmm. Right. I got everything I want. You know what I'm saying? You were you worried about me. I have everything that I need. So Thanks. there's a certain freedom in I'm literally gonna get up here and do whatever I want, whenever I want, no matter what anybody says. My whole team could be like, nah, I disagree. And it's like, who cares? I'm doing whatever I want. I'm free. She trends almost every year and hasn't yeah. dropped. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, I don't know. I'm just like every year she can. Last year was the best one. I'm trending. I'm like, what? The, what is she? What is she talking about now? Yeah. At this point, when she last year was the best one. Was the, uh, what was it? Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 At this point, when she trends, I, I, I don't expect, and I, I don't expect music when no, she's trending. No, no, no. Like uh-huh. at this point, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna just go look at the trend. Let me go see what she did. Yeah, and but, I don't expect nothing real positive either. No, not at all. But I yeah. will say this: love her or hate her, and even the yeah. people that genuinely hate her will still be like, "Dog, I hate her." But you know, she cold. She's talented, though. She says yeah. she's a talented she's woman. She's just, uh, she's just, or oh, I just can't stand her. But they're like, "Oh, she's talented. so." You can never take the talent away uh, nah. from that person. Uh, going back to you, when we're sitting there talking about these artists that are able to change up on uh, <laughs> different albums. Uh, what are the themes you feel your music is going towards and, and what can we expect from you in the future? I'm just trying to continue to stress the genre of hip-hop, bro. Like, uh, I just dropped a record called Lifestyle. Uh, it's really, really disco-influenced, man. I got a lot of disco uh, pop records, you know, 80s pop. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing a lot of records like that right now. Uh, man, I just want to continue to stress the genre, man. It's, it's going, I feel like where I'm at right now, I'm very upbeat. I'm happy. Uh, so you're going to continue to hear a lot of uh, real braggadocious music, but I'm definitely speaking more to the mind of my people, like I said, I was really influenced by what Kendrick had, had did with that album, man. And I felt like it's more of a responsibility for us as higher, you know, higher thinkers, you know what I'm saying? I guess as artists, you know what I'm saying? As people who have the ability to articulate these types of emotions in a way that people can still digest it in music. Mm-hmm. 
I think that it, it's a part of, I'm a part of that, that way that needs to continue that too, because it's not enough, man. We not, we speaking a lot of negative negativity into our community right now through the music, man, mm -hmm. like a whole lot, you know? And, it, and it's, if you sit in it too long, you'll get lost in the sauce and really not really understand what we saying, not only to each other, but what they saying about us. You know what I'm saying? They know that that shit is gonna sell. It's because we buying into it. And, and, and it's so true, it's sickening. I was watching uh, Shredder to Compton the other day, and when they were listening to uh, No Vaseline, and they're just, Ice Cube's like, I'ma kill you niggas, I'ma kill you niggas. And then he says, oh, you're a Jew. And then Jerry Heller's like, this is anti-Semitic. And I was like, you didn't have, <laughs> you didn't care about the, the yeah. mass genocide he did on these black men, but he said the church, okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, I get it, my Right. Like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And not, and not, exactly I, not, I'm, not he was gonna kill Jerry Heller. He just pointed out what he said, Jew boy. Yes, <laughs> and that's the thing. But you see the level to which other cultures will protect their culture, and then you see the level to which they'll allow everything else to, to happen. Good. Like, oh, that's not a disrespect. That's, yeah. that's not a problem. I'm all for freedom of speech and everything, but I'm like, I do take notice when it's like you have a, a dominant culture saying. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. That's all happening to them until one until one person is mentioned, and then it's like, oh, well, wait. Now a minute. you gotta apologize. Wait you gotta a minute. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I've never heard anybody in the history of all time ever say the phrase to somebody, "black bitch," and then apologize. Yeah, they white bitch to the right woman. Yeah. <laughs> Your no, career sure. over. It's a, it's absolutely over. True. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. true. It's the uh, the the uh, the the last time Rick Ross got in trouble, mm. where it was out for the uh, Marty in the champagne. Yeah, I forgot what he said, but it was like it was one thing. I put Marty out in the champagne. She ain't even know it. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm talking about home that. They, it. Were, they were talking about. He said something. It was about another culture. I thought oh. it was about white people or something like that. But then they were like, "Doc, even on this song." He's talk like if you're gonna allow him to talk how you want him to talk, then he's allowed to talk about everybody. You can't right. wait until it's oh, oh, he said something about us. People. No, yeah. we gotta shut, we gotta shut all this down and get rid of these sponsorships and get rid of this. And it's like, like you listen to him disparage women all day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's it, man. You know, well. Like I said, bro, <laughs> I'm kind of, cause it's like, we could go on and on. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting up here like, that's why I feel responsible for that exact reason right there. Like, I can't be a part of that. But I, like I said in my, like I said in Mojo, you know, no, actually that wasn't Mojo. I said this in slide. I said, I'm not an advocate for violence, yeah. but I'm far from anti. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a way to convey that that same type of message, but in a way that's tasteful and understand that it's still principle and it's 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 not it's not just senseless. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because if you break down the concept of what war is, essentially people yeah. innocent people getting killed for the greater good. Oh yeah, yeah. That's always what it is. So I've never, yeah, I, like I said, I'm never, I'm an advocate of free speech. I'm never yeah. one of those people that's like, violence is never the answer. Uh, we, our country's built on violence. Oh, hell like, yeah. That's what it is. And it just depends on who's doing violence. Give me, give me liberty or give me death. That's a, that's a gang call. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> like, no, I mean, and, and you know, it's nah, like, for real. It, it's what it is. That's what, yeah. that's, that's what I, they do. What shot he say? The toughest niggas in prison. Yeah. The toughest niggas in 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 in, in, in the Crips, in the Bloods, Vice Lords, GDs, can't fuck with America. That's oh no, America. that's all it is. Can't fuck with America. Like like you said, it's really written like it's written like that. Like it is a gang call. I never really 
Don't feel like that shit, but for sure, for sure, like get down and lay down, nigga. Yeah. Like that's what they say. That that that's exactly that's what literally they what they say. That's what they saying. Yeah, yeah. So with no rights as a black man, though. And but that's the thing, and everybody at the end of the day is always fighting for the because everybody just fighting for their freedom. I just want right. to be left alone. I want to be able to do what I want to do, just like you can do what you want to do. And as long as I'm not bothering you, I won't be left alone. Like that's yeah. essentially it. And this country has not been built on leaving people. It's only been built on leaving one group of people alone. And gradually there have been shifts where it's like, all right, well, we'll leave this group kind of alone. And it shifts back and forth. You see right now, if anybody keeps saying on the news, they trying to they trying to bother more people. Like, remember the people we stopped bothering? Let's bother them again. I want to take it oh, back yeah. today. And, and that and that's what it is. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, people just want their freedom. Freedom. Right. Exactly. They, they want their freedom. They want their own identity. Exactly. Uh, we could talk about that part forever. Yeah. And we are definitely going to have you come back on the show. But sure. tell us uh, where they can find you, where they can, uh, where fans can locate like all of your music and, and link with you. Uh, you can get everything at trustedbanko.com. Uh, if you want one central location, you can find my my IG there. IG at the Rocky Banks T H E R O C K Y B A N K S. That's also on Twitter as well. Um, Facebook, everywhere. You know what I mean? All of that, man. At the Rocky Banks, Rocky Banks everywhere. That's good. That's good, man. Thank you so much for staying in and coming out at the same time of being on In My Humble Opinion podcast. We appreciate people like yourself at the same time too. I feel like um, the only person I've heard that's been able to give a message and like still jam, I can't say the only, at the height is Kendrick. So I yeah. understand the comparison with you too. Cause there's other people that do it. I'll be like, hey man, I like common. Uh, it's sometimes it could sound like a book, and I. Hate <laughs> you know KRS One, oh my God, nigga, stop rapping! Hey, like, it hey, is... <laughs> hey. I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't disagree. There are there are times and there are moments. So Karen, it, have you heard Karen? Karen, no, 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 no. albums, and Karen. I listen to each and every one of them. I get you. Like, I get you. God, no, it is a lot. It's just why I agree with you. It's why Kendrick is at the top of the my top. list. Because if you can make a a jamming song with a message that they're gonna play in the club, because people will be like, oh, they don't play Kendrick. I'm like, they definitely have played Kendrick definitely. in the club. Like I don't know what y'all are talking about. They don't play his whole catalog in the club. Oh, but there are plenty of artists that we've named before that is like, dog, there's no shot of it. Like the club will clear out if you know are are people gonna fight the DJ if you like Yo, nobody's playing yeah. nobody's playing logic in the club, yo. No. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I don't even I don't even yeah. think they're playing my white clubs. Hey. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I mean. Name me yeah. one logic like, song. Yeah. I got under your head. Name me a logic song. All right, nigga, I'm dead. Hey. Bruh. Hey. Bruh. Bruh. I got so much shit to say about logic, man. <laughs> See, we this is why we're going to save that for the yeah. next one because we're definitely going to have you back on, man. We definitely got to have you back, back on, on, man. It's It's been a pleasure. Once again, I'm Avery, like a very nice guy. Also, the Avery on all socials. That's T H E underscore A V E R I. That's my brother. Just Devon, ladies and gentlemen, at Just Devon and also at Dr. Dugla on all socials. You can find us at My Humble And uh, if this is on YouTube, hey man, like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your brother, tell your uncle. Yes, sir. Humbly yours and my humble opinion podcast. Right Ace too sweet. Ace Town. Too sweet. Ace Town. Too sweet. Yes, sir.